Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. My name is Mike Elam. That is Ryan Wiggins over on the other side. How are you, sir? Good afternoon slash evening. You know, we're kind of at that point, aren't we? It's that it's that whole five to seven thing. Are we evening? Are we afternoon? It's the summer, so it's kind of morning. I don't know. I'm just going from that standpoint. It's. I know one thing. What's that? I did a soccer tournament with my kids this morning. Oh. Well, I should say my kid, but my other kids were there because my other kid was there. Not a good idea. No. Well, at least the good news was you didn't do it yesterday when it was, what, 105 degrees outside. Well, it's still, I mean, it's still crazy hot. We, I mean, we talked to Dave Murray last week, and so apparently the the forecast is that by Tuesday it's going to be freaking awesome. Great. In Love St. Louis. Tuesday. But, hey, it's still the weekend right now. <laughs> so, and this is the weekend report, we're telling you. So, my name is Mike Elam. That is Ryan Wiggins. You are listening to 97.1 FM Talk, the weekend report, our second week in a row that we get the opportunity to do this, which means last week we didn't screw it up enough to where they said, yeah, upon further review, we decided to go a different direction. We just kind of snuck by and nobody paid attention enough. You know, I'm trying to... I'm trying to roll this in a positive direction. You're working against me at this point. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that people said, you know what? Those guys were pretty good. I kind of liked it. Let's see if we can do that again. Let's go with that. See, I'm I'm loving that whole thing. <laughs> so I had a fantastic week. How was yours? Well, hang on. Why? So um so the company that I'm that I work for, I3 Broadband. Okay. So we did a leadership um retreat this week. Okay, so, first of all, what you're saying right now does not sound like a fantastic week so far. I know. Okay. So I've done these for, and and if you're listening to this right now, and you're in any type of leadership position, you've done these type of meetings, you're thinking, wow, so that's one step above needles into my eyeballs, right? <laughs> Trust falls. I, I'm sure, it depends on the day, maybe I'd rather do a leadership you know, work session thing, or maybe I'd like to, you know, stick a red hot poker. I don't know. It's pretty close one way or the other. This was an extremely positive experience. I really liked it. Now, probably because I work for a smaller organization now. In the past, when I have done these, I have worked for large corporations. 
And large corporations, notwithstanding this one, which is amazing, by the way, <laughs> right? Just a disclaimer. This one is fantastic. Right. But by far the exception. <laughs> but in the past, I've had not so positive experiences. And you sit through these and, and they're like eight hours long. And you're thinking, so there's there's free lunch and snacks, right? So that's the positive. And there's going to be breakfast. So I have that. And, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be coffee. So we'll, we'll at least have that going on. So we did this thing that's uh, called a PI index. It's just like a disc or a strength finders or something like that. Have you ever heard of this one? No. I, I had never done this one before. There's, there's only two questions that they ask you. And then they, they give you this whole rundown about this is who you are. And I'll be dogged if they weren't pretty much right on the money. He's, oh, so uh, it's like a internet, which Marvel character are you? Uh, sure, I'll go with that. Okay. That's exactly it, right? So I'm Captain America. Okay. That explains the shield that I carry around all the time. It's not just because I'm downtown right now. But <laughs> it's it's one of those kind of things where the first question is, what do people expect of you? Like, who do they expect you to be? And it's just list of words. And you just click the boxes that said, this is who I I think people think I am, okay? Then there's the second question that says, who do you think you are? And it's the same words, and you mark these off. So it's kind of that thing of, this is who I think people think I am. This is who I think I really am. Okay. And you put all this stuff together, and then it lays out for you, this is the type of person that you are. Are you a dominant person? Are you a social person? Are you a person who doesn't ever want to talk to people and would prefer to stay in the corner and just say, stay the hell away from me? COVID was great for those people, mm -hmm. by the way. For people like me, and I'm guessing people like you, who like to talk to other people, COVID was really hard. If you're a people person, this last year and a half has been really tough because I'm one of those people that, that needs people. I need to be around other people. So this whole thing for me was I got the opportunity to meet a lot of folks that I haven't met before because I've only been with the company for eight weeks, mm -hmm. right? So you got the opportunity to talk to them, and I, I was like, I made a great decision. I love this company. I love my leadership. And they're in Peoria, so it's not like I can really kiss ass at this point, right? Because, I mean, <laughs> my, my boss isn't listening. He doesn't, I, I didn't even tell him I was doing this show because I don't know if he's really going to be cool with me doing it, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. But it, it was one of those kind of things where uh, this may be the best boss that I've ever had, that I've worked for, because he really genuinely approached it. And he brought it back three different times during the day that said, how's this going to affect our customers? right? How's our customers going to feel about this? And it was, it was one of those kind of things that made me go, hot dog, somebody gets it. I mean, how many times have you been somewhere that you go, what happened to the customer experience? Does anybody care anymore that I, I picked your product or service? Like, do you even care that I spend my money with you? Or do you like, you should be honored that I'm willing to sell you something? Okay, so that's that's interesting because this is not a partisan issue. I I I hesitate to make a partisan point here because oh, but you're going to no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. But well, the first thing I'm going to say is going to sound like oh, of course you're saying that you're conservative. In a bad economy, that's always the problem, isn't right. it? It is because you you get kind of the the you're not getting the cream of the crop who are willing to sort of fight for good jobs. 
because if and, and in this particular economy, because you could make just as much staying at home in a lot of cases. Right. Therefore, there's no real motivation to either get a job in some cases or to do a good job at that job. Right. Because you don't care if you get fired. Because everybody else is looking. I can lose this job and I'll walk right across the street and I'll get another one. So that's sort of the, okay, that's the conservative point. I'll make the, the counterpoint, though, <clears throat> because I, I do think this is true. And it's kind of an unintended consequence of a good economy. Because we saw this 2017, 18, 19. Workers had so much of a choice of where to go because, man, the economy was booming. You could kind of do whatever you wanted that you felt like you didn't actually need this job as much because there's another one right around the corner for me. Sorry, that's the point that I was making. Oh, is it? You're right. okay. Yeah, that's, okay. a, that's what I was saying by, hey, I, if, if you don't like me and you're being a real pain to work for, I'll just quit this job and I'll walk across the street because I know I can get another one. Because mm-hmm. everybody down the block has got help wanted signs on. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs workers right now. So I'll just work wherever I want. I mean, I used to joke back in 2019 when, when we were just booming on the economy. We had so many people working. People who didn't want a job had a job. Yeah. Right? And And I know some of those people, right? The only reason they're working is because they kind of have to. Like, people are, are making it beyond their belief that you had to take this job yeah, because they need somebody so bad. Yeah, I mean, in St. Charles County at one point, we got down to 1.9% unemployment. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) 1.9%. I mean, when you get below three, it's really hard, right? But when you're you're below two and a half, you're grabbing anybody and go, so this whole drug testing thing, we're we're going to let that go. And I know I'd like for you to come in at eight, but if you're here before noon, I can work with that, right? Yeah. So you can't come in every day and you don't really call and let me know you're not coming, but I I can work with that too. Why? Because I got nobody else, right? So it was one of those kind of things when you're in that environment, either bad or good economy that you've pointed out, Mm -hmm. when you're on either extreme, the first thing that kind of goes to hell in a handbasket is customer service. And you just feel so, oh. Yeah, it's I, like, who do I complain to? Right. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're really, things are, are, are messed up, you're being treated like a dog. Well, who do I go complain to? Because the person above them doesn't care. They're just trying to keep bodies in the seats. Right. And I think that's one of the things that really led to all of this online economy that we have. I don't want to go into a brick and mortar store and deal with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. They're going to be rude if they even pay attention to me at all. And I'm just pretty darn lucky that they actually spent the time to grace me with their presence to say hello, which they probably didn't say anyway. So they're like, forget it. If I'm going to have a bad customer experience, I'll go online because then it's just sterile, right? It's neither positive or negative. Right. You're not interacting with anyone. Yeah, I'll pick out what I want, ship it to me, we're done. I don't really want to talk to those people anyway. But, I mean, for somebody like me, I love to go into a sale rack. I'm I'm all about the fact of I want to find the biggest bargains I can find. It is so bad. I, I go to this store out in Lake St. Louis, and I know they do three markdowns on their clothes. <laughs> Too you bad. you I, and I are very similar in this. I, I ain't playing. <laughs> I ain't playing. So I know they do three markdowns. So my daughter's with me one time, and we're looking at this, and they have very nice clothes. Let's just say it that way, right? Their stuff is not inexpensive. But 
If it's regular price, it's way too high for Mike. We ain't paying that, right? So my daughter pulls the shirt off the rack and she goes, oh, this would be really good for you. Oh, never mind. And she puts it back. And I said, wrong size. And she goes, second markdown. I'm like, that's my girl. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my girl, right? <laughs> so I, I love to go in and, and find bargains. I don't know how to do that online yet. I haven't I haven't figured that part out yeah, yet. I know, I know what you there's, mean. there's clearance, but it's not really the same as going into that particular store. Like, I used to love to go into Sam's in Chesterfield. They had this corner over by the optical department. Mm-hmm. Over there is where they put all their closeout stuff. So if you had an open box television, that's where it was, right? So guess where Mike bought all his stuff, right? So I'm over in that corner buying that kind of stuff. I, I loved that part of the in-person shopping. I haven't figured out how to do that online yet. But I digress from my original point of I want good customer service. And the reason why I liked my week and I was so happy with the company that I'm working for is my CEO kept coming back and saying, is that really the way that we want to treat a customer? You know, so when we're putting all this stuff in place, is that really the way that that you want your customer to walk away from this experience? And I loved that because I haven't seen that commitment in such a long time. It used to be people would say, thank you. uh, I appreciate your business. Thank you for coming in. And I know we make fun of it, but Chick-fil-A does that, right? Oh, that's a fact. Chick-fil-A does that. I mean, yeah, we make fun of it. My pleasure. But they're really good right. at it. It makes you feel good. Like, uh, can I get a name for the order? That's Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. We'll, it'll be my pleasure to serve you, right? You pull <laughs> yeah. away. It's my pleasure. And I'm like, okay, it it feels a little canned and, and whatever. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I can't say that and then make the point that I just made, right? Yeah. I've got to appreciate the fact that you thanked me for being a customer. You went above and beyond in your service, and you tried to say, I wanted to show you exceptional service today. And you did. I I really appreciate that. And we just don't find it very much anymore. And I feel like that, you kids, get off my lawn, kind of, you know, I am I getting to be that guy? But you just miss the fact of, I want you to feel appreciation that I came into your store and I bought your product. I want you to at least admit that, right? So if you do, I feel so good about you, I'm coming back, right? And I'm going to tell my friends. Totally. Because it just doesn't happen anymore. Final point before we run out of time here in this segment, we'll be right back once we do, but uh, I would say that both situations, bad economy, good economy, a business owner is kind of in a tough spot in both, they but are. they would take... Because with employees, either way, you're in the same situation where you're you're not you, you really have no leverage to try to improve your employees because they have the leverage against you. That's one of the great things about a good economy, though, for a worker is that you kind of have more control over your destiny. You're right. For a worker, it's great. But for a business owner, even though they don't have that in like a killer economy like we had pre-2020, they would take that situation, though, every time. Exactly. Because it means they're making money. (laughs) Exactly. That's, That's very true. So that was a nice way to say... I had a great week. I didn't learn anything about Ryan Wiggins' week, but I'm hoping to as we go on because it is the weekend report. So we're going to report this weekend about Ryan Wiggins' week 
Well, <laughs> and about other things, too. Well, There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff that happened this week. Uh, Kamala Harris continued to improve that she is not up for the job. Joe Biden continued to improve to prove that he is not mentally capable of having a meeting with other world leaders. We will talk about that and so much more on the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listening to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. My name is Mike Elam. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this weekend. That is Ryan Wiggins right over there. How are you, Mr. Illinois? Still doing fine. I think we can make it through this show without me passing out from heat exhaustion. You know, that's awesome. I just appreciate the fact that you're doing the dad thing, right? So showing up, putting the time in. I've been there. I've done that. And I know it's the best time of your life. And it also really sucks. You nailed it. You really did. I, it, it, it is like every, the daily of it. You're like, man, I need more rest. I need more, you know, self time, whatever you want to call it. But doing stuff, the soccer stuff and the dance stuff, man, it's it's a grind. But nobody can tell you how fun it is until you do it. It's true. I was I was amazed. Like I, I thought, like looking from the outside, I'm like, who in their right mind is having fun? But when it's your kid out there competing, you're like, I can't wait. Bring it on. Let's do it again tomorrow. Like, and then you try to not get too competitive because it's like I'm not I'm not the one doing it. It's you. That's right. But man, it's so freaking fun. And and so that last part that you said is key to being a good parent yes. and oh my god did i drop the ball so many times did you get too aggressive I, or too involved i did like so this this is not a proud person moment <laughs> so last week we talked about the fact of you know when these revisionist history people are trying to judge our forefathers by their worst moments so i i had a bad moment when my oldest son was a eighth grade junior jaguars football player okay I got a penalty from the referee. I'm not on the coaching staff. Okay. I was just a parent on the sideline. <laughs> I I got an unsportsmanlike penalty from the referee for some things that I was saying. I did not use profanity, but I evidently said enough that I hit his magic button and he threw a flag and turned around and, and called a penalty on me. Those are the kind of little things that happen in life where you go okay if i could do that over again <laughs> i i would i would have brought my wife to the game so she would have said hey you need to shut up <laughs> and she's normally the voice of wisdom so for the fact that i didn't have her there and the competitive juices just 
took off on mm-hmm. me, right? And and I caught up on that part. But that's why you may see these signs at they've started putting them at little league parks. And it's it's little signs that say things like, "Hey parents, this is not the major leagues. They're not million dollars at stake. Your kid's not going to lose a shoe contract. And these umpires are high school kids just trying to help out so your kid can play a game. In other words, shut up. Enjoy the fact that your kid is learning a sport. They're all having fun being competitive. They're outside. They're getting along. Yeah. So you see those parents who go above and beyond. And you're like, hey, I get the fact that you didn't achieve the all-state that you Mm -hmm. wanted to when you were growing up. And your your five year old soccer player, uh, who's who's holding on to his wee wee as he's running down the the <laughs> field, uh, screaming, "I'm going to kick the ball, but I've really got to pee!" All at the same time, you, you're going to make him the next, you know, Pele. I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know current soccer players, so I <laughs> I went 1970s okay. on you. But you you have those parents who do it. But I I tell you, man, when it's your kid out there doing that. It is the most proud moment that you have watching them go down there. It doesn't matter if they score a goal, if they hit a home run, if they if they do whatever. You're just so proud that they're out there doing it. And it, you have such a great camaraderie mm-hmm. with the other parents around you. I'm still friends today with uh, parents who my kids played Junior Jaguars football together 10 years ago. Oh, geez, it's probably longer than that now. But we're still friends together because we all kind of went through that together with our oldest kids going through it. And it was our first experience. And it just meant so much to us as dads. And then when I went through it again, when my daughter went through cheerleading. And so I became a cheer dad. Completely different experience, brother. I mean, I used to watch football game and watch, you know, I rooted for my kid to make a great block or, you know, intercept a pass, something. Now, all of a sudden, I don't really care about what's going on with the football game. I'm watching the cheer. Be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Be, be aggressive. That's how I learned how to spell aggressive, by the way. Uh, B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. There you go. Aggressive. Aggressive. That's it. Yeah. You know. So you have those experiences. So kudos to you for loading up the, the family truckster and taking everything that you own out to the, the was it soccer? It is soccer. Out, out to the soccer yeah. field and, and watching them do that. I mean, those are the moments that you will remember for the rest of your life. I think they're, they're character building, too, you know, just for the kids, learning to take instruction well yeah, um, and take sort of good, good criticism well um, because there's bad criticism, too. There is. And learning kind of the difference between those things. But, I mean, we never stop learning because I'm still learning what's what, you know, so one as of, we go. One of the major skills I had talked with um, – a previous boss that I had years ago, and she was a she was a good boss as well. But one of the major attributes that she said she looked for in new employees is, are you coachable? Mm-hmm. Are you coachable or, or are you not? And I think as business leaders, when you start looking at, you know, employees that you want to bring on, if there's one skill that I could have for somebody that I'm going to hire is, are you coachable? Or are you that person who you've been there, you've done that, you know how to do it? Uh, I'm going to tell you how to make your organization better. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work out. But thanks for coming. Right? Do you think that's harder to do as you get older, uh, to be coachable? I think that's a choice that you make as a person. 
you've got to decide who are you going to be. I mean, you you said a lot about who you are when you said, I'm learning new stuff every day, right? Mm-hmm. There are people who get to that point and they go, I know it. I know this. I'm good. I don't need to, I don't le- need to learn more. But you do. I mean, we were talking about in the last segment about my last company and this leadership thing that we went through. One of the things I never really thought about is you have the three steps that you're at when you're at a company. And I know we do more political talk and this is more business talk. So welcome to business with Mike and <laughs> Mike and Ryan. Right. So you have your frontline worker who's the guy who's doing the job or gal, not to be sexist, but guy or gal or whatever pronoun that you want to use these days, because evidently there's 37 of them. So whatever, whatever fascination of that that you choose you do the job every day if you get promoted you're at that first management level where you're managing the people doing the job you're not doing it anymore but you're coming alongside and you're helping them you're still tied in to that day-to-day doing the job digging the hole whatever it is right Mm -hmm. you're still tied into that when you get bumped to that next level you are two or three levels removed from the frontline person and I will tell you, if you're in that for about 10 years or so, you forget how to dig the hole. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the technology that's changed for that frontline guy and what it's really like to be them. There's a lot of them who think they do, but you don't. And your level of what you're asked to do at that job is different. Now you're leading other leaders. When you're leading other leaders, that's a completely different skill. And it doesn't happen by accident. So you've got to be coachable. I mean, one of the things I told you about my my CEO, who I have right now, he talked about the fact this weekend, which is another reason why I really appreciated him. You're always learning. And he gave everybody there a few books as um, things that he recommended reading, right? But it's one of those kind of things of what are you doing today to make yourself better for tomorrow? Because if you're not working on you, You're going downhill. One of the cool things about this current job that I'm in, I have a CEO and a CFO who both had long careers, worked for really big corporations, and they did really well. Financially, they're both good. Financially, they both retired. And when they sat on the sidelines for a year or two, they said, you feel yourself cognitively decline. You feel that you're not in the game anymore. And if you sit on the sideline for a little while, you will feel yourself start slipping away to where you were. You don't feel like you're on the cutting edge. You're not on the top of your game anymore because nobody's pushing you. Hmm. You're not being asked to get up every day and go do that and answer the bell. So they started looking for things to challenge themselves to get that edge back because they missed it. So that's where this organization came about, and they said, oh, I'm in. I want to jump in and go do that. They're not doing this for the money. They're they're both financially well off. They they don't need this. Now, don't get me wrong. They're going to take the money and it's some really good money, but they don't, they don't have to do it for that standpoint. They're looking for a new challenge, which gets to that point in life where I'm on the next phase from where you are. Mm -hmm. You've got the kids out in the field playing in November. I'm going to be a grandfather, Mm -hmm. right? So my oldest is going to have a kid. My wife and I are really looking forward to that because everything I've heard is if I could have had grandkids first, I would have done that Mm -hmm. because they're so much better than actually having kids (laughs) because you get to show up at the soccer game and you don't have to bring anything. (laughs) Well, (laughs) unless you're my parents who bring everything under the sun and then we just kind of rely on them. Well, there you go. It does happen. 
but it's it's that next stage, right? So it, you go through these phases of life, and then it becomes that fact of, are you challenging yourself to be better today than you were yesterday? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, why not? Where are you going, right? So let me ask you this about just sort of, since we're talking about leadership, what do you think of, <laughs> this crosses over politically too. Okay. Uh, what do you think of somebody who comes in, because you see this a lot, in companies, somebody who comes in as a, as as a boss, they've been a boss. Somebody else, they probably are, would be a great boss here. Not, not like they're going to be bad, right? But they say, you know what? That's the way my predecessor did it. I want to change everything, and, and mainly it's just for the sake of change, right? And I, you know, this crossed over politically because obviously we have a, an administration now been in there for five months. They've basically said anything that administration has done. Even if it was working, right? we're going to not do that. Day one, Joe Biden walked in and, and fired thousands of people. Yes. Why? Because Trump approved them, yes. right? The pipeline, the wall, you're out, this is in. And right? he's not the first president to ever do that. It just seems like he's the first president to do it this extremely. And, and I, I agree completely. You see it happen a lot in sports. Mm-hmm. The new general manager comes in. The new coach comes in. All of a sudden, all the other coaches, see ya. We're out. Yeah. I'm putting my team in. Right, right. And we're going to rebuild this mug, right? So this is the way that we're going to put a championship team together. The bad part about that, if you're a new leader coming into an organization, the first thing you better do is understand who's on your team. Before you start making changes, you need to understand who are the players that I have. Because you may find out, man, I've actually got some rock stars. They're just in the wrong seat on the bus. Mm -hmm. I don't need to kick them off the bus. I need to rearrange the seats here. And I may find that I have some people who have some great skills that I'm not utilizing. That is a good leader. That leader who comes in and says, okay, I want to take stock of where we are. I want to understand where we've been and put a direction on the board that says, this is where we're going, right? Do you have that filter that you're going to run all your decisions through as you move forward? And if you don't, how are you making decisions? More importantly, how does your team know how to make decisions? Because if you're not putting that filter in place and you're sharing that with your organization, where everybody from the top to the bottom understands this is where we're going, And this is the filter that we're going to run all of our decisions through. If they don't know that, you have a problem in your organization. And your organization is probably going to drift farther than it needs to your appointed destination that you want to get to. You hear it so many times. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And if you go back to somebody like Simon Sinek, who started, you know, start with why. He started talking about the fact, and I don't know how much time we have we have left in this segment, but it's it's a really a minute it, or so. It, so this is this is another topic that we'll talk about another day. But one of those things is uh, business is not a finite game. Business is an infinite game. The difference of that is if you play a baseball game, everybody agrees to the rules. There's nine innings. At the end of nine innings, whoever has the most runs wins, right? We all play by the same rules. The the teams don't change. They're always the same. When you go to an infinite game, the teams are always changing. The players are always changing. There is no end to the game. The purpose of the game is to keep the game going. That's what business is. Business keeps going. The only reason that you fall out is you lack the will to continue to play or you run out of the materials to be able to do it. 
It's finite versus infinite. It's a great read with Simon Sinek. And it's something that if you're a business leader, you need to understand where that is and where you stand in that. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. It is the Weekend Report. My name is Mike Elam. That is Ryan Wiggins. You are listening to 97.1 FM Talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm singing in a tree, seeds swinging in the breeze. I'm looking at the blue sky. Harry Woods. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, this is the uh, long time. Uh, I guess bump guy for the weekend report. How about that? Yeah, there's several songs that he's got that are all like, uh, you know, they're copyright free because he's a local guy, and you know they they fit the show. So you gotta love it. There you go. So you get great tunes like that here on the weekend report on ninety seven one FM Talk. My name is Mike Elam. That is Ryan Wiggins. We have been talking about all kinds of stuff today. We've been talking about customer service. We've been talking about leadership. We've been talking about kids at soccer games. <laughs> and we've been talking about how hot as Hades it was this weekend. Yeah. Yesterday and today. And, and apparently still will be for, I don't know, a day or so. But apparently Tuesday is going to be like great week after that. Hang on, baby. Tuesday's coming. Hang on. We're, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. So... It, it has been a crazy week. We touched on a little bit about when we talked about leadership with Joe Biden and walking in. And just because the last guy did something, we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And boy, did he walk in doing that. He walked in and just started canceling jobs on day one that said, yeah, whole pipeline thing. And we talked about that a little bit last week. If, if you didn't hear the show last week, you can go in and you can download uh, from the podcast. Just look for Weekend Report. You can pull it up there. And uh, the superstars of Mike and Ryan uh, were, well, it was the first show. So, so be, be gentle <laughs> as, as we were doing that. But um, just kind of talking about how he threw everything out and started over again. Well, that's what he campaigned on. I mean, he did. So you got to appreciate the fact he he did what he said he was going to do. Now, we all thought he was going to be a moderate. Well, Well, he campaigned on that, too. And then he didn't do that. (laughs) He campaigned on a lot of stuff that he said (laughs) he was going to do. Yeah. But I got to tell you, one of the things that I am really kind of loving right now. Now, it's good and bad, right? It's bad because our country's going to hell in a handbasket. So long term, that stinks. From a conservative side of it, I do love the fact that Biden and Harris are having a lot of internal struggles. And from what I understand, in, in different sources that, that you can check out online, that the Biden team feels like a lot of leaks about Uncle Joe's mental facilities lacking were coming from the Harris camp. 
Oh, really? Oh. Oh, this is news to me. Oh, so there you go. Oh, break it. So, hey, there. there's a little infighting going on between Joe and Kamala, or Kamala, or however she says it, because by golly, if you watch her say her name, she says her name like three different ways. Well, I'll say this. I mean... That it wouldn't surprise me if that were happening because obviously Kamala has a lot to gain. She does from you know undermining the president. Uh, as an American, I think that sounds absolutely terrible. But she, and we've talked about this a little bit this week. In fact, she's not really more electable than he is. She is not. If you go back and look at the primaries, she never got over two percent. From Democrat voters. Right. Democrat voters did not like her. Forget independents and Republicans. If Democrats didn't like her, why did Joe like her? Joe liked her because she checked a box. You're a woman of color. I got I got two first that I can throw in, and they're all about the first. Oh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, though, there are so many better choices. If you want a woman of color... Man, we've got a lot of smart women of color in this in this country, a lot of them, and not all of them have to be have to be conservative. I, I think they should be, but you know, I'm a little biased on that one. I mean, Condoleezza Rice was the person that I wanted to run for president back in 2016. Before Trump came down the escalator, Condoleezza Rice was somebody that I've been a fan of of a really long time. She is a smart woman. She knows her stuff, and she knows where she's grounded and where she wants to go, right? Which is probably why she's smart enough to say, <laughs> to not yeah, run. I'm not doing that. You know, the check in the box thing is interesting because it's not just you and I or whoever that's talked about that, you know, kind of pontificating and saying, well, we think that's, it's, it seems obvious that she was just checking a box. Joe Biden actually said ahead of time. Yeah. Like, I'm looking for somebody to check these two boxes. He was open he about it. I mean, what a terrible way to pick a vice president who could end up being the president of the country. Right. Just based on demographic box checking choices. But he clearly openly said that. He did. And now we're, we, I should say, not we're stuck with the consequences, although we as Americans are. Yeah, we are. The Democrat Party is stuck with that because they're in the situation now where, let's say everything stays as is, and in 2024, Biden has said he's not going to run again. Um, and so naturally, you'd have to say, well, if Harris we, would be we, the we choice. have to run Harris right. because... She's sort of she has to be coronated next. Otherwise, we look weak and terrible. Like, why would we pick her in the first place? But she, there's no way there is she none. can win an election. And then when you consider like a general Democrat versus general Republican, the polls are always different than once you actually figure out who those people are. That's right. And if we put people in those roles, Kamala Harris, Ron DeSantis, for instance, see ya, done. Yeah. He would smoke her. By all means. Across the country. We're talking about like, I don't know if we're talking about Reagan landslide, but there's not going to be a contest. I'm still trying to figure out, though. I mean, it, it, he said he was going to pick a woman early on, right? And then it kind of moved to, I, I really want to pick a woman of color. But he was going to pick a woman early on. Mm -hmm. There were better choices in in just the Democrat primary of a woman that he could have picked. There were some smart women who started off in that whole race that that he could have picked. There's if he wanted to get the old 
Obama team back together again. He could have gone Valerie Jarrett. I don't agree with her politics. I, I think she's wrong, 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 right? But I also think she's smart, smart, smart. And behind the scenes, she was a big part of the Obama administration of getting stuff done that they got done. Not stuff that I wanted done, stuff that I think completely screwed up our country. But if you're going to go pick a woman like that, pick a smart woman, right? She, she would have been a much smarter choice. But you knew that the wheels were coming off the bus when Biden said, I am putting the vice president in charge of the border. And I say that because the Biden administration knew what was going on at the border. You can't ignore Shifting it. Shifting it. You can see it. Yeah. So he said, hey, you know what? We think that you've been the one who's been leaking things about me and making it seem like I'm not on my game. So I'm going to hand you a big old pile of dog poo burger. For you to go munch on. Wow. So here, I'm going to hand you this, <laughs> and you go take care of this down here at the border. That's why she hasn't been there. I mean, what are you going to do? If you're if you're Kamala Harris. So you think she's not going down there, not because of photo ops and because of blah, 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 but because she's sticking it to Joe Biden and saying, oh, you're going to put me in charge of that? No, well, no, I'm gonna no. I'm going to put no, it no. back on you. No, no, no. I, I think Biden stuck it on her. And it's it's at that point where when he stuck it on her, he put that collar around her neck and said, I'm, I'm going to weigh you down with this one, right? This is the yoke that you are going to carry, and you're not going to be able to get out of it. And he painted her bad on purpose because the optics, if you go to the border, there is no win. You created that mess. As soon as you said, we're getting rid of this border wall, we're going to stop the whole thing. If you have to stay in Mexico, come on in. Mm -hmm. And that is BS if you want to tell me that you did not invite them. When they show up with shirts with your name on it, brother, mm -hmm. the message was loud and clear. You spent a year saying, we will welcome all of these people with open arms. Kamala Harris berated Donald Trump time and time and time again about the fact of you need to welcome these people. Look what they're fleeing from. We need to welcome them here. Well, they're here, Miss VP Harris. You need to go down there and take care of that. And she's like, I ain't touching that. Uh, if I go down there, that means I own it. You may have put it on my plate, but I haven't been down there yet. So if I haven't been down there yet, I it's don't not own on it. My plate. So when Lester Holt said to her, you haven't been to the border yet. And she's she's like, we've been to the, we've been we, to the border. Yeah. Uh, and he said, but you haven't been to the, well, I haven't been to Europe yet either. What the okay. heck does yeah. that mean? I, I know, I know. I mean, what an unbelievable clip. I, I just, that, there's, there are moments that you just want to just grab and hang on to for the rest <laughs> of your life and go, the next time you run for anything, guess what I'm going to play over and over and over again. This is you saying really stupid stuff and then, and laughing, then laughing and oh. then laughing. You know it's a problem when so I'm I'm, I'm on the Andy Fry show. Uh, so <laughs> that's not two, a problem. Two two <laughs> two ladies in the room with me. Okay, when they constantly cringe when they hear her laugh. Oh. I mean it's a it's a different thing. I mean honestly, it's a very different thing for a guy to be like, well, that's not a dumb, and for women to say, whoa, that's right. a problem. Like there's a different. I don't I don't know what it is, but I can acknowledge that when they have that reaction, they're having a reaction that represents a side of the sort of the gender spectrum that's not mine. Exactly. And it that just that laugh 
is a is a is a public problem for her. It is a huge problem for her because it's her nervous tick, right? That's true. That's if true. If you were playing poker with her and she got a card that just completely sunk her hand, she would be like, <laughs> "You'd be, I'm, I'm all in, yes, uh, all, yeah. all in, right here. That's true. Right? Let's 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 call." So um, l- let me ask you a little bit more about this 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 thing you're you're kind of blowing my mind with that there's infighting because I I haven't seen this at all, but I believe it. Like based on sort of the the way things have played out, that that seems very plausible to me. <clears throat> so do you think that it's actually Joe Biden who's looking at Kamala and Kamala's team and saying, you are undermining me? Or do you think that there are separate teams, like this is Joe Biden's team doing this to Kamala's team? Or, or are they physically, like, is Joe Biden doing this to her? I don't think Joe Biden... Is really sure from day to day that he's president of the United <laughs> That's States. That's why I'm asking you. No, no. I I firmly believe that Joe Biden has a team that does everything, and they just dust him off, roll him out, and it's weekend at Bernie's. Man, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna take him out there. Here's what you have. I mean, you saw it again with this press conference, right? This press conference that he had every time. Here are my statements. Here are the people I can call on. Here are the questions they're going to ask. They'll give him the little handy-dandy notebook that he'll roll through with his, his answers that he has. My gosh, that that poor girl from CNN who asked him a question that wasn't scripted. That's been the only news for, to come Ooh. from the whole G7 slash Putin. <laughs> that was that question. Don't ask Uncle Joe a question that he didn't yeah. know was coming because the world is going to end. So it it's it's been a wild week. I can't wait to see what happens next week. We've got one more hour that we are going to do. You are listening to The Weekend Report. That is Ryan Wiggins. My name is Mike Elam. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening to 97.1 FM Talk. A pretty little angel has something long. You know I'm your man, girl, and I never do you wrong. About day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.